this morning. If you are with us uh, just for the first time, I just want to welcome you. And um, at the back there, we've got a bit of a new stand going on. You'll just see there's a pack in there, just a gift pack for you. So if you're with us for the first time, feel free to grab one of those gift packs. It's just a little voucher for a coffee. And so you can use that after the service or next week. Just a DVD about who we are and the journey that we're on. So just welcome. My name's Greg, and I'm one of the guys here on staff. So welcome. It's awesome to have you with us. Let's, um, I'm going to pray this morning. Last week, who was here last week, either in the morning or night? Okay, cool. What we did is I asked for people to write down um, some people's names that you really wanted to see Christ lead or Christ lead them to himself. And uh, we got a whole bucket list of people that put down some names, which is awesome. And so hopefully you're praying for those people throughout the week. And I'll be lifting up my brother and uh, my sister-in-law and some other of our friends that we're just believing for and inviting them to the various things that were on here. I really just wanted to, to pray for these people uh, this morning as a family. And so um, individually, maybe just together, just if you're with a uh, husband or wife or friend, just turn beside the person. Maybe if you're not, it could be just someone you're meeting for the first time. And let's just yeah, take 30 seconds and let's just pray for the people that are in uh, names in this, this bucket. Is that all right? Can we do that? All right, let's go. Father, we thank you, Lord, that it is your wish that no one would perish. Father, it's your heart that every single person would come to know you, God. And so, Father, we just lift up these names, Lord, of our family members, our friends, our neighbors, our work colleagues, maybe strangers that we get to really discover. And, Lord, we pray and we ask you to draw these people unto yourself. Father, your Son came for all of mankind to redefine, to reconnect, because we've been born to be in relationship with the ultimate person, which is you, Father, Yahweh, our Lord and Savior. So, Father, we just lift up these names and ask you, and as we continue to find our voice and be a voice, Lord, a voice of hope, a voice of love, a voice that serves others, Lord, I pray that people would be attracted to you. Lord, that we would represent you well, that would be ambassadors that would represent you well and be a voice of hope and life not only proclaiming it, but living it, that our own lives would reflect the words that we share. Thank you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. And the other thing I just want to do, I don't know about you guys, but it just seems to be a lot of sickness going on at the moment. Just a lot of people sick. Kirk's sick this morning. Clay was sick during the week. Mike Hewitson's uh, feeling it. He's here today, but he's been sick for about two weeks. And so once again, I just want us to pray for a community again. And just pray uh, into this and just um, pray for people. You may be sick yourself today. And so maybe just uh, once again, just turn to each other. And let's just pray for this, this uh, just for sickness. So Father, we, um, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, God.
Father, we lift up our community towards you today, Lord, that are not feeling that great, Lord. We just, we just bind this thing of sickness, Lord. We loosen health and life, God, and vitality. Father, you're a vibrant, living being, Father. And the more we turn to you, God, the more we're going to be healthy anyway. So, Lord, we just lift up our community to you and, uh, and thank you. And we just pray all those people, Lord, are just turning to you as well and just declaring your health into, into their own lives. And Father, your word says that the prayer that's offered in faith restores the person who is sick. And the Lord, you raise them up. And so we ask you just to raise up people today, Lord, that are, that, uh, are struggling, Father, uh, in, with sickness today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Right. Here we go. Last week, I spoke about what? All right. Finding your voice. I'm encouraged already. Someone remembered. It's awesome. Finding your voice. And I said, gave us four things. I said that we as the body of Christ are sent people. I said that the, the church is to be apostolic in nature. All I meant by that was just we're a sent people. Jesus was sent to the earth. Paul was sent. Jesus sent his church out. I find it fascinating that he says, I send you out amongst wolves. So it's going to be an interesting, risky uh, lifestyle that we live as followers of Christ. It's a, it's a life of risk. It's a life of faith. It's not just one of mundaneness or just apathy. It's one of continually pursuing him and placing yourselves in situations that possibly could be a little bit risky. I watched a movie last night um, called, what was it called? Machine Gun Preacher. Interesting movie. And so um, he is places, this man is, I don't know what you think about that, but I'm not even going to go there, but just that he places himself in these interesting situations, um, being led by the Father in some things, and he has this battle and this journey where, you know, he, his own will starts to sort of take over a little bit, and he's getting frustrated, but, but the life of following Christ, we're a sent people, sent with a message of hope to become a message of hope and to proclaim a message of hope. And so that was one of the things we talked about. We talked about declaring this. We talked about when we speak, people will hear. And I shared how I just go into every situation believing that everyone wants to hear this message that I have and that I'm becoming. My mindset is, is that everyone not only needs it, but they want it. They want to hear. I don't go in with this, oh, you know what, oh, they don't really, no, no, they actually want. You know, the, the world wants us to be followers of Christ. They want us to be people who stand strong. They want to see something on earth of a message of hope. Do you realize that? They want us to be the church. Now, they might not tell you that at times, but deep, deep, deep down, they are looking for hope, and they're looking for a people of hope, and they really want to connect in with a family of hope. People want family. And so how do we reflect that? How do we reflect our King? Are we love? Are we grace? Are we becoming it more and more? Why? Because we know Him and we're finding our voice. And then I said that those that hear call on His name and those people are reconciled back to Him, which is an amazing thing. And, and, 
you know, we've, we've probably, maybe not all of us today, but some of us have done that, where we've heard, we've heard a message, someone's brought a message, maybe we had it direct from the Father himself, and we've called on his name, and we've been reconciled back to him. And today I want to talk about, so we talk about finding our voice, I want to talk about being an authentic voice. And I want to look at the life of John the Baptist as someone who not only found his voice, but he was being a voice, and it was an authentic voice. And I think it's an amazing voice for us to follow and have a look at because it was a voice that declared the glory of God. It was a voice that was in the wilderness, the Bible says, and it was declaring the coming of the Messiah. It was a voice that brought not glory to himself, but glory to the one that he worshipped and loved. We've got to be so, uh, so careful that we're not just a voice that brings glory to ourselves, don't we? It's about bringing glory to the Father. We're just a vessel that the Father chooses to use to bring glory to himself. A sonship, an important vessel, but nevertheless, our voice is to bring glory to him, not glory to Greg. And so come with me to John 1, 19 to 27. John 1, 19 to 27. Anybody here, I want to put you on the spot, but anybody shared anything during the week with anyone? I talked about praying. Anybody took a step of faith? Maybe just have a quick testimony if you did. What did you do? Um, we, had a, we talked about the message on um, Tuesday at Life Group and just about finding your voice and that sort of thing. And I was just at work on um, Wednesday and the painter was just sitting there and he's only been with us for a couple of days and I don't straight away always tell people that I'm Christian just because sometimes I like to keep them in suspense. And um, and just out of the blue, just out of the blue, he said to me, you know, I'm kind of interested in the Christian faith. Um, you don't know, I, I, oh, that's right, he said, I'm kind of interested in the Christian faith and I'd really like to talk to someone who's a good Christian about it. And I said, well, mate, I'm a good Christian. I'll tell you about it. <laughs> and it just started from there and he walked away um, and it just happened to be a day where it was only him and I there, you know, and we had a whole lunch, a whole half hour to talk about it. And um, at the end of the day, he, he just walked around and he said, mate, we had some good talks today. I'd like to continue that. So, yeah, it was good. And, and I didn't generate that. God sorted that out. So, yeah. so you thought you were going to surprise him, but he surprised you. <laughs> What's a good Christian? very cool okay let's read the testimony of john i love that just the testimony of john you know to believe that we none of us have a testimony is to believe the lie the enemy's selling to believe that none of us have a testimony because he is a testimony we can declare about him but to believe that none of us have a testimony is to believe the lie that the enemy sells and promotes And so here we go, the testimony of John. This is the testimony of John when the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? Verse 20, and he confessed and, sorry, and he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. They are, I'm not the Christ. Verse 21, they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? So that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. 
Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Verse 24. Now, they had been sent from the Pharisees, this religious people. They asked him and said to him, Why then are you baptizing if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you do not know. That's interesting. They were around him, but did not know him. And there's something in that for us as well. You can be around this and this whole thing, but it's, as we come more into a revelation of knowing him. And so we're on this whole journey of our, our purpose of coming to know him. There's, there's, the, the depths of God is incredible. I don't think we could ever say, oh, I've got him down, Pat. I know him. No, we're coming. We can know him at a level, and we're coming to know him. It is he who comes after me, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. And I want to give you two attributes this morning, and then next Sunday morning give you two more attributes. And I believe we need to settle these attributes in our heart, in our thinking, if we are to be an authentic voice. We need to have these things down or be coming into these, these attributes if we're to be this authentic voice. So the first thing I want to share with you today is, first thing is John knew who he was, he knew who he was in the Christ, and he knew his father's assignment. John knew who he was in the Christ, and he knew his assignment that the father had given him. Which means, if we're going to pattern and model him, we need to know who we are in the Christ, and we need to know our assignment. He said, I'm a voice of one crying in the wilderness. He's even showing us his heart. I'm, in the, I'm a voice and I'm crying. Why is he crying? What's God stirring in the man? What's he sensing? What's he hearing? What's he feeling? You know, the people didn't respect them enough. The Pharisees didn't respect them enough to come themselves. So they send this delegation. This guy's making some noise. We don't really want to be interested in him, so you lot go and find out what he's saying. And he says, I'm just this voice. He doesn't even give himself a name. Doesn't give himself a title or a position. He just says, you know what, I'm a voice and I'm crying. I'm carrying something that hurts. It's light and easy, but it still hurts. I'm carrying something of heaven in me and I'm declaring it and I'm releasing it into and over people. But for the religious people, for the sick, I'm really, I'm a nobody. But I'm a somebody. The Bible says that one person can set 1,000 to flight. Two people set how many? 10,000. How many people have we got here today? 400, maybe. 400 in our community. What could 500 people set to flight? If we all said, you know what, I'm going to look for opportunities. God, bring opportunities. When God brings an opportunity to a workplace, I'm going to step into the opportunity. I'm going to be a voice. I'm going to be an authentic voice. Why? Because I know who you are. I know who I am in you. And I know I've settled the assignment that you've given me. I've settled your will. I know what that is. And I'm a voice. I just want to do a little exercise. I want you to hear what 
400 plus voices sound like with one purpose and one unison with one mind. Is that cool? And I do this sometimes when we do connect. Okay, so just for this little exercise, I want you to think of your favorite ice cream flavor. Everyone's like going, whoa, I'm going to a good place right about now. (laughs) Oh, I can see it. (laughs) Two liter tub. Everyone got their ice cream flavor. Okay. Now, what I want you to do is on the count of three, I want you to yell. So what we're going to do is we're going to listen what 400 voices sound like screaming out your own flavor. So what we're going to do is, on the count of three, just yell out really loudly your favorite ice cream flavor, okay? One, two, three. <laughs> I tell you, I heard Simon's. <laughs> That's awesome. But I also heard chocolate and hokey pokey and, I don't know, I think I heard Metropolitan there as well somewhere. Now I want you to do, just for this exercise, my favorite flavor is cookies and cream. With a top of just chocolate on the top. But So can we all yell out on the count of three, cookies and cream with one voice? One, two, three. Imagine 400 voices proclaiming this message of hope and that sound level. Do you hear that? That resonated. One voice, one purpose, one love, one spirit. It's a powerful thing. And John's like, I'm a voice in the wilderness. And I'm playing my part because I know who I am. I know who he is. and I know my assignment. Didn't give himself a title, as I've said. Because John knew who he was, he didn't have to be anyone else. Man, do we need to get this down. Because he he knew who he was, he didn't have to be anyone else apart from who God had created him to be. An authentic voice. Not trying to be somebody else. Not trying to walk in someone else's shoes. Not trying to sound like them. Not trying to catch their little cliches. No, he knew who he was. So he didn't have to be anybody else. He could be who God created him to be. Listen to this. When the priests and Levites are trying to figure him out, who are you? Anyone asked you that question? Who are you? Who do you think you are? What do you think you have? What do you know, Christian? Oh, a little bit. Who are you, they ask him. He says this. And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. Then they try and box him and label him. Are you Elijah? No. Are you a prophet? No. Well, who are you? I'm just a voice. No, you need to be something. You've got to have a position or a title. No, I don't. I'm just a voice. I'm wearing funny clothes and I eat funny food, but I'm just a voice. I know who I am. Don't try and box me. Don't try and label me. Don't try and make me someone I'm not. I'm an authentic voice for the Christ. And they can't figure him out. It's so important we know who we are in Christ in being an authentic voice. Otherwise, we'll try to be someone we are not 
or we will allow others to define us. And this is so destructive to becoming an authentic voice. I remember when I went to Mexico some years ago, and there was a group of us, there was probably about 12 people that went, and there was this couple uh, from down south that came that uh, uh, we knew, and uh, yeah, we got on really well, we're talking the whole, the whole 12 people got on really well, and we were in one of the services there, and uh, this particular person was asked to speak, and uh, you know, we'd probably been together about seven days, and so I got to know what he sounded like just in general conversation and all those things. And then when he got up to speak, I'm like, who's this person? This is his, I heard this, I heard, me and the boy, we're going over here, and we're going to worship, and then we're going to come back to you, and it'll all be all good. I was like, who's that? That was a really bad take of Brian Houston, but I'm, I'm looking, and this, this, this man had, I'm going, it, he sounded like Brian Houston. He sounded like I was listening, I was, I was probably a Hillsong somewhere or listening to a, a DVD of, of Brian or something. I'm like, that's not the voice, that, who are you? This was a completely different person speaking. What did you do with my mate? Where did he go? Because I hadn't heard you talk like that at all. There was so much inauthenticness to it. We've got to be authentic. We've got to be who we are. You can't be me and I can't be you. Yeah? You can't have my hairstyle and I can't have yours. Well, maybe some of you can. But when we are proclaiming, we're finding our voice... I'll see you later. I don't even know what that was. <laughs> but are we being authentic? Because authentic people know who they are in Christ, they know who God is, and they know their assignment. And they're very authentic. And here's a man that was authentic. You see, John was a nobody to some, but a somebody to someone. Let me say that again. He was a nobody to some, but a somebody to someone. Having the revelation of who we are in Christ, the spirit of sonship, is so vital to understanding God, his kingdom, and being an authentic voice. And can I encourage, encourage us today as a community, if, if this is something we're coming more and more into, can I encourage you to ask, seek, and knock until you receive it? The Bible says that we can only ever receive what God has for us via revelation, via the spirit. And a spirit of sonship, the same spirit that lives within us, ask God to illuminate it. Ask God to bring it alive in you. Because this is a spirit of an orphan spirit that can operate as well. And the more you know who you are, that same spirit is on Christ, who you are, the more alive you come, the more free you come, the more of a voice you'll become, the more of the life you'll, you'll flow into. Because you know who you are. I knew who I was. I was a simnor. And I was told that constantly. I had that put into us of love and affirmation and confirmation. The Father wants to do the same thing for you. He'd say to you today, you're my son. Sons being male and female. The same spirit. And the more we understand that, the more authentic we'll be in our relationship. We won't try and be someone we're not. We won't try and be a, 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 a you know, whoever, a 
a Billy Graham or a, a this or a that or the person beside you. Or your life group leader, you'll be yourself. God wants you to be yourself. We all have an authentic voice to bring, which is you. If he'd wanted clones, he would have made clones. But you are you. You have your DNA. You have your fingerprints. There is no one else that does not have those things. So be you. Is that cool? That could be a bit scary, couldn't it? (laughs) A revelation of sonship unlocks so much, and it radically redefines you as a person. Everything comes into perspective when you receive the revelation of sonship. The second thought I want to leave you with today, John knew who he was and the assignment he was given had nothing to do with title, position, or job deed. John knew who he was and the assignment that he was given, it had nothing to do with a title, position, or a job description. The worst thing we can do as followers is think it's all about this. It's all about becoming a worship leader. It's all about becoming a a pastor. It's all about becoming a children's leader. It's all about becoming something that just ends here. This is not the end. This is a means towards something far greater, and that's the role of the church, which is to love God with everything we have, heart, soul, mind, strength. Love people like you love you, and go and make disciples. That is the role for the church. It's all good for me to be a leader here, but you know what? I still have to do that. If I'm doing this and not doing that, I'm fooling myself. If all I do is be a worship leader on stage and do music, and I'm not making disciples, I'm fooling myself. If all I'm doing is all we're doing is putting out books and resources and music and all that, and that's all we're doing and not making disciples, we're fooling ourselves. The purpose that John knew being an authentic voice was to proclaim the Father and love people and serve others and make disciples. He had his own disciples. It's an authentic voice. So much for the Western church, the Great Commission has become the Great Omission. It seems to be something I think that we've lost that we're as a community, putting back into place. That's why life groups, guys, are so important, getting together and connecting. Don't be someone who's missing out the great omission, the great commission. It's the environment Jesus pattern. I am the way, the truth, and the life. My way is discipleship. My way, I'm showing you, I'm patterning it for you so you can't miss it is to take men and walk with these men for three years. He was not into mass producing. The Spirit would come upon the different people. It's his way. John knew this. Do we know it? Or are we focused as a church? I don't mean just the rock. I mean the church. It's just really doing the, making the, the micro the macro instead of the macro becoming the thing we focus on. Hopefully I said that around the right way. But John knew this. He knew that what he was about wasn't to a title or a position or a job description. And the more we get this revelation of sonship, the more we'll come to understand the assignment which we all have and we'll have a passion for the assignment. We'll actually have a passion because it's become from within you. 
via spirit of revelation. Listen to verses 19 to 22. Come back to the word. This is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, you know, I'm not the Christ. He could have maybe taken that label. See, the problem is when sometimes if you don't know who you are and this whole thing of being an authentic voice and someone else wants to try and label you, you take that label. But you're not designed to wear that label or those shoes. And John said, no, no, I'm not this. Don't try and box me. I'm not this. I'm, not, I'm this. They asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, no, I'm not. Are you the prophet? No. Who are you? So that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I'm a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him and said to him, Why then are you baptizing if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I think sometimes in the church we can get caught up in thinking that we have to have a position or a title or even be given authority to be the church. There is a purpose, and the purpose of the church, I've said I'm going to say it again, I'm going to continue to say it, is to love him, love people, make disciples. You don't need a title or a position to do that. It is the title. It's the role of the church. And in my own experience, there's been mindsets within the church that that's almost too simple. No, no, I need to be this type of person. I need to be that, or I need to be that, or I need to be that. No. You need to be a voice, finding your voice, be an authentic voice, and living in this reality. Because this is the role of the church on earth. And you know what? The sad thing is we've made a lot of this sort of stuff and coming to a building, we've made it the purpose. But as I've been talking about, this is a transition point to the purpose. Our purpose is in that world. That's where 45 of the 50 miracles Jesus did was in the world. We're a sent people with a message to proclaim, a message to become a message to proclaim. He is the model we look to, the Christ. The enemy will try and get you either side of that equation, but that's who the church is to become, representing the Father on the earth as one community. What a privilege and an honor to be this voice, to be authentic in it, to be yourself, not to be someone you're not or think you have to be, because that's maybe what even this culture sometimes can look to promote. And why then are you baptizing? Next week, I'm going to talk about the authority and the humility that's required to be this authentic voice. So he's doing stuff. And because he doesn't fit into the label, the box, they can't figure him out. How come you're allowed to do this? No, no, we had it all nicely mapped out. <laughs> Follow the process and the plan and the program. And you're messing that up. And he's just saying, you know what? I'm a voice in the wilderness. I know who I am. I know who I'm called to be. I know my father. And I'm just living that out. I'm sorry that I'm messing with you a little bit. I don't mean to. I'm just trying to be this authentic representative of the kingdom. 
Does that make sense? John was confusing those who were of religious institutional mindset because not only did he look different, but he was operating outside their well-defined parameters. Why? Because one, he knew who he was in Christ and he knew his father's assignment. He knew who he was. Two, he knew who he was and the assignment he was given had nothing to do with a title, a position, or a job description. Interesting. And just invite the musos to to come up, be great. John was preparing the way for the Christ. He was preparing the way for the Messiah. First time he came. Jesus coming back, correct? And the question I want to ask us and challenge us with is, are we preparing the way for the Messiah the second time? Are we being an authentic voice because we know him, we know who we are in him, and we know that we've got a message of hope to proclaim? And are we being and preparing people for Jesus coming back a second time? This time he's coming back differently. First time he came back, as we know, as a servant, This time he's coming back as a king that's coming to establish his kingdom for a thousand years. He's going to be glorious. He's going to be radiant. He's coming for his bride. He's coming to judge the world. He's coming to establish his kingdom. There's a whole world that needs to hear the message that we have been entrusted with to be the voice for. I shared this, 2 Corinthians, that we are There is no plan B. We are the plan. It's me and you. And all he says is just be authentic. Be you. And just leak you. More and more. Pray. Pray, pray, and pray some more. God is so willing and wanting, and I'll use Chris again to There are people like Chris's workmate everywhere, everywhere, waiting for someone to go, hi, I'm Chris. Who are you? And engage. And with wisdom and respect and gentleness, start the dialogue and live in faith, not fear. As I said before, the enemy's role is to sell you that you do not have anything to bring. You have a, we have a message of hope and love, a message of reigning, a message of sonship. Can I encourage you today to seek him like you've never sought him before? To allow what I'm sharing with you today to get on the inside of you. Maybe mess you up a little bit. Wake you up a little bit. Because there is so much in store for us if we'll engage in this process with Him. To bring glory to His name. It's not about us. But you come alive as you bring glory to His name.
hope, meaning, passion, purpose, joy, all those things. So, Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're able to do more than we can do. You're able to go beyond. You're able to take us where we're at, Lord, and transform us through your power, through your spirit, through your word, to become these authentic voices, to be people crying out in our schools and our educational places and our businesses and in the wilderness, Lord, in our neighborhoods, proclaiming hope. Because we know Jesus. We know you, Father. And you just want us to be ourselves. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand, maybe. Declare He is able. Oh, my God.
display for all to see. You are light, you are light. When the darkness closes in, you are hope, you are hope. You have covered all my sins. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. i 